Hi, I am Jennifer Purcell, and welcome to my podcast, Living with an Invisible Learning Challenge, where we will discuss, discover, and learn more about the challenges and triumphs of those with NLD and other learning challenges. I do have a website for this podcast, and it is called livingwithnld.com. I also have a Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter account for the podcast. They are all under the same name, which is Living with NLD. I also have a YouTube channel for the podcast, which can be found by Googling the title of the podcast, which is Living with an Invisible Learning Challenge. I would like to tell you about a nonprofit that I use for my research for this podcast. It is called the NBLD Project, and I use their blog for my research. They are a nonprofit that is based in New York and is trying to get NVLD back on the DSM, and they provide many resources for people with NVLD on their website. I'll provide you with the website for them in the podcast description. All proceeds from the ads on this podcast will be donated towards the NVLD project. Please feel free to explore the other topics on the podcast, and hopefully you will learn something new from them. I hope you enjoyed today's episodes. And today I am very excited to announce that BetterHelp is now sponsoring this podcast. I have had seven years of therapy, so I know it can help change your life if you not only let it, but work on the personal goals that you set with your therapist. Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships at work not dealing well with stress. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are the greatest asset. And special offering to listeners of Living with an Invisible Learning Challenge, you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash, I'll put in the link in the podcast description for you. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-E-P. Thanks again to BetterHelp for supporting, I mean, sponsoring this podcast. Hello, so today's interview will be with Greg and about his life with NLD and 
about how he experiences it and how he deals with the challenges and symptoms that NLD presents. And this is the first part of his interview. His interview will be in three parts. Hope you enjoy it. Okay. Good morning, everybody. I am Jennifer Purcell, or Ever-Changing Butterfly, as my pen name. And today I am here with Greg. We are going to be interviewing him and myself on our lives with NLD. And I would like to have Greg start off on introducing himself to you guys. Well, hi, everybody. My name is Greg, and uh, obviously, <laughs> and I'm here in uh, New Hampshire. Um, recently moved here uh, with my wife just a couple of months ago from uh, Colorado. So I used to live here uh, in New Hampshire previously and just kind of getting the lay of the land again and um, looking for work and that sort of thing, which I'm sure we'll talk more about. Thank you, Greg. So for those of you who don't know what I do, other than the podcast, I work with my parents. My mom is a minister. She has been a minister for almost 40 years. And my dad is the facility manager and property manager at the church. So I help them out at the church and I've been doing that full time for, oh, almost nine months now since last summer. And I basically am their admin assistant there. I also help out with doing most of the tech stuff. Um, Since I'm millennial, I find that pretty easy to do. Um, And I also help with managing our social media accounts. And I also help with when we, on Sundays, when we do our, uh, services, we, the only people that we have in person there are our band with, and the um, staff, and that comes out to be only uh, 12 people. So I help with cleaning up after everybody leaves so that the building is sanitized, so that it's very clean because of COVID. Um, and so I help with that. And that, that makes everybody feels safe. Um, So that's how I contribute with the church there. And um, so now back to Greg with um, the first question would be, um, do you wanna talk about how you found out you had NLD and when you were diagnosed with it? Sure. Well, it was, uh, so I'm 48. I had to think about that for a second. (laughs) I guess I was, I guess I was diagnosed in 2006. So it would have been um, 14 minus 48, 34, 35. Um, So yeah, I went through the full um, process of neuropsych testing with a um, a PhD, um, I guess I, I don't know if I should share her name or not, I don't know if it matters, but uh, in, in Boston at a, uh, a major uh, institution there, if anybody wants that name, I guess I can uh, 
get that to them. But um, yeah, I went through the full battery of uh, neuropsych testing. Um, and um, I just remember reading um, the report. It said um, symptoms consistent with um, a nonverbal learning disability. Yeah, it, it is good to share how the how you did with the testing and how it was done because it's different for everybody. And you know, if they want to do research on how that is done, then they can look that up on their own. So it, I appreciate that you share that. Um, so when I got tested, I was 19 years old. I'm 24 years old now. So I had it done when I was in college. I graduated in 2018. So that was seven, well, yeah, it was seven years ago when I was tested. That doesn't seem like that long ago for me. Um, and I, um, I had it done because I had a personal hunch for a while that I was different from everybody else in my family. And I wanted to see if that hunch was right. And make a long story short, I was correct with the testing, obviously. I got it done at the Wright Institute uh, near UC Berkeley, um, where they, they do uh, testing for different learning disabilities there. And um, it was a whole bunch of different testing. I think it was probably 15 or, or 20 different tests that I did. Um, and it, I always had fun doing it because I was always curious, okay, what's it, what is this gonna show? You know, it wasn't mm -hmm. like any academic tests that I was used to doing. So I had fun doing it. Um, and probably because I was young when I was doing it, you know, I didn't, find it too difficult to do other than maybe when it was timed and it was mathematic. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was how I was diagnosed. And I do remember that I, when I felt how I felt afterwards, I kind of felt relieved because you know, many light bulbs were going off for me and my family and we're like, okay, this is why things were challenging for me growing up with um, math and writing and science when it had math in it. And, um, you know, everything was making more sense to us. Um, I don't know if you had that happen with yourself, Greg, at all. Well, I think I certainly got it done for, um... Yeah, similar reasons. <laughs> I always felt like I was just a little bit different from 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 everybody else. Um, I can mask pretty well, um, uh, but um, yeah, I get, that just kind of gets exhausting after a while. So yeah, same same thing. I just always sensed I was just a little bit different. Just you know, it took me longer. Um, to get jokes, for example, or I wouldn't get them at all, or um, I was the guy almost guaranteed, unless it was a, in a movie, um, unless it was a documentary or uh, you know some sort of straight nonfiction film, 
Um, I would be that person that's like, Jennifer, can you tell me what's, what that character is doing and, and what, what did I miss and what's going on here? And I just, you know, I had, I had good friends, but um, they, I, I can just recall conversations where they're like, dude, we're, we're sick of you asking. We just want to watch the movie mm. kind of thing, you know? Um, and then there were other things like, um, you know, I was really good, am really good um, at basic math. But as soon, for example, but as soon as it got to anything beyond basically arithmetic, I would really struggle with it. Um, learning to play the drums, I was really good at learning the, the bare bones, like just the, you know, the, the, a couple of rhythms and, you know, something they call paradiddles. Um, and I remember my friends thinking like, wow, you, you really picked that up really quickly, Greg. Um, but as soon as it advanced beyond like the maybe the sixth grade or the seventh grade I, I was behind you know and I'm like ah and I just couldn't quite um you know understand enough I guess to to keep up so um I guess that's a long-winded um way of saying I think I wanted to get checked out and tested for um somewhat similar reasons to what you described Jennifer yeah, you are saying similar reasons, and you're already getting into some of the challenges that you noticed you were having with, you know, picking up the sarcasm, which I can relate to also. Mm -hmm. And I think I got a little bit better at that where, because my family and I, we watch some comedian shows like Stephen Colbert for news. And I like, I'm starting to like that better because I'm getting into politics a little bit more. And sometimes I get his jokes, sometimes I don't. <laughs> but when I do, I'm proud of myself because I'm like, okay, now I can laugh with my family and I don't feel bad about when they laugh and when I don't. Um, and also, you know, no. when you're talking about the drums, I think maybe why you picked that up quickly, at least in the beginning, was that um, maybe it had to do a little bit with um, some of the audio uh, skills that people with NLD tend to have. Um, so that might um, make it be easier with that. Could be, could be. Um... Yeah, it's just, I guess we all kind of go in, you know, for, you know, look at ourselves for, for different different reasons. And um, I, I wish I could say, and I know we'll probably get into some of this too, I wish I could say that I went with it and really ran with it since 2005, 2006, and have learned like all of these um, amazing things about myself and, and skills uh, and whatnot, but um, I kind of envy in a good way, either young people like yourself um, or people who got diagnosed really young, you know, maybe at five years old or seven years old, because you have the chance to, you know, you don't have to wait until you're 50, you know, and, and I think that's a real blessing, for example, or wait till you're 30 even. <laughs> um, to kind of really learn how to, you know, to, to live with it and kind of move forward and, and maybe focus on strengths. Um, um, but I know I'm getting ahead, so I'll let you. <laughs> that, that's okay. I would agree with you. The earlier you get diagnosed, the better. 
And I would say for me, it was probably a little bit trickier than some people because you may not know this, but I was homeschooled before college. So I was in an online virtual school and I was tested as a child, but there wasn't enough to show if there was a, for a diagnosis, mm-hmm. enough results. So I had to have it, I guess you could say redone. I don't remember what I, what the tests were when I was a child because at the age probably. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of being in a school that wasn't the traditional brick and mortar school, you could say, that I think my resources were maybe a little bit more limited in terms of getting the testing done in a way that might have showed um, some results. Uh, And I think sometimes the age does matter for something like NLD because sometimes, um, you know, sometimes, maybe it was true with me, this might be true with other people, that, like I said, they might be not enough to lean you towards NLD or not having it. Um, Or, I mean, showing that you definitely have it. Um, So that, uh, but I do, I do agree with you that if you are diagnosed uh, or tested earlier, that does make it easier because then, like you said, you can work more on your strengths and uh, differences or weaknesses, whatever you want to call them, um, because then you start to learn more about yourself. So if you want to, you can talk a little bit about, you know, this is kind of tricky, but, um, you know, how you feel about having NLD and maybe some of the challenges that it presents. Sure. Yeah, I can definitely talk about that for a while. Like I'm, I'm going through um, a phase of discovery now and trying to figure out uh, just what we were just talking about. Uh, how do I focus on my strengths as much as my weaknesses? So I can very readily uh, kind of go through <clears throat> and discuss how, um, you know, NLD um, affects me. Um, but I just want to share that for anybody who, who's listening. Um, my, I would, I would recommend to really, um, you know, sooner rather than later, make a list of the good things about yourself or even how NLD can positively affect you as well, because it's very easy, at least for me. And I, I think probably others too, to go down the road of like, you know, I, I can't, I can't visualize. I need to ask for help during movies. I need to ask for extra help, you know, for directions or, you know, complex math things, <laughs> but, but uh, you know, anyway, so I just wanted to um, get that out there. I also wanted to say really quick too. Um, so this past summer, um, because I let essentially 14, 15 years go by, I decided to go in for testing again. And, um, just really struggling with pretty much every job I've ever had to either get up and running or stay up and running or um, develop systems, develop procedures that that really work um, for me. I guess you know, just um, not describing it very well, but just 
I struggled in any job I've ever had, getting up and running and staying up at night uh, tremendously. So that's the reason I decided to go back for testing this summer. And it actually came back with um, autism level one, which is uh, high functioning autism. So I don't want to get into that whole debate of whether or not NLD is on the spectrum or not. But for me personally, my original diagnosis was NBLD. And all I can tell you is I relate so much more with the various, you know, NLD and BLD symptoms and the Facebook boards and groups I'm on than I do with, I guess, what used to be called Asperger's or autism level one. But nonetheless, it is helpful to have that diagnosis as well, because it's helping me now with um, supports and accommodations. And, and my hunch is, uh, this is just for me and my hunch that they're, um, they're lumping uh, what I have in under autism level one in part to, to get the, um, you know, accommodations that I need. But I just wanted to, to get that out there because that's a, a new, a very new thing um, as well. And I know there's a, a lot of debate out there <laughs> whether or not uh, NDLD falls under the, the spectrum or not. But I am starting to use those terms sometimes now uh, Jennifer, when I talk to people that, that I'm on, on the spectrum, um, and, I, and I just find that it um, kind of, you, you get less questions like, what what's NLD? What is NDLD? I don't quite, uh, it's not in the DSM-5. Okay, I'm, I'm low on the spectrum. Did it used to be? Huh, interesting. Um, so I just say I'm low on the spectrum, and I'm, I'm finding I get fewer uh, questions, but I, I think what you asked me is maybe how does NLD affect me or where do I struggle? I think I shared a few of those things. Right. Um, so yeah, anything visual, spatial, visual, spatially, if I have to, um, um, sometimes I, I struggle with like facial recognition, um, directions, um, anything that's more than, sometimes I can see two steps out, I can never see three or four or five steps out, whether that's driving the car or again, learning a job or learning a procedure. Uh, it seems like I can never write fast enough when somebody's explaining something to me to um, not have to be like, hey, can you explain that to me again? How about again? How about again? You know, it's like just extraordinarily um, frustrating um, for me, and I know for others in my life, um, you know, to kind of to, to need the level of repetition because I think in, in, in words um, and um, yeah, so I guess uh, I, I could go on, but uh, there's some examples. There's so many. Yes. <laughs> yes yeah. there are. I can relate with what you were saying too about the, you know, the ASD spectrum because I used to work with people on the ASD spectrum before I was working with my parents at the church. And I liked that work because I felt like I could relate to them because of having an LD. You know, I could empathize with them because I have a challenging life because of having an LD. So they're not, they are different, but you know, I could relate to them and say, hey, you know, I know what it's like to have a brain that works differently. Yes. So I, I, you know, they didn't, before I 
with those jobs, those previous jobs, they didn't know I had a learning disability. So I think that kind of got in the way with those jobs. And I'm finding out now because I'm working with my parents and of course they know about that I have NLD. So that does make it easier because if I have issues that come up at my work with NLD that are related to NLD, they can help me. It sounds like your parents, from what I've heard in other podcasts too, Jennifer, are really supportive. And that is awesome. I just want to say that I haven't even been able to yet <laughs> disclose to, um, you know, my my folks. And, and that's something I'm going to do within the next uh, couple of weeks. But I think it's awesome that, um, that, you know, for those of you out there who have supportive um, parents, that's just an, uh, a great thing. It, it is, I'm very fortunate to have that with my parents and with my family. And I would say for people out there who are, you know, like yourself, where you're not, you're at the point where, you know, it's, um, how, how do I say this? It, it, if I say, want to say this correctly, where, you know, it's hard, I think it was probably hard for you to figure out how to describe what NLD was probably and try to have the support that you needed from your family and you're at the point where you want to try to do that and I can see why you want to do that because I'm you know I'm on the other side where I do have support mm -hmm. um and I know for me, I, um, I, I like having the podcast because I can, you know, when I get feedback from people um, and they say that it's uh, helping them, you know, with encouraging them to do things like you want to do, then it makes me feel good because then mm -hmm. it's like, I, I didn't. I, you know, I created the podcast because I wanted to raise awareness about NLD and, and what it is and help educate people. I didn't think it was going to help people with NLD initially. Interesting. No, it's definitely great to hear other people's, uh, you know, personal stories and struggles and, and triumphs. So I think it's a good thing. So keep doing it. Just real quickly back to, um, you know, my family, it's not just them, but it's like, you know, it's, it's anybody really who's seen me have, have success. Like I can, um, it, it's really hard to, as you know, <laughs> as yeah. I'm sure a lot of the listeners know, um, to be able to describe NBLD, especially to somebody in some ways who you know really well, and maybe who knows you really well, or thinks they know you really well. Like I, I could get, and I'm, I'm I'm not speaking necessarily about parents here, but just anybody, I could get, well, how do you pass the Series 7 license, Greg? How do you, um, you know, drive so well? That's mm -hmm. difficult. But I'll just <laughs> um, how, how do you, um, you know, do this and that? How did you graduate from right. college? Like, you don't, you don't have a learning, you, you can't have a learning disability, exactly. you know? So it's like, well, yes, I can, and yes, I do, 
um, and, and this is why, but there's just, that, that's a, there's that large discrepancy as I understand it between performance IQ and verbal IQ. Yes. So my performance IQ is down here really low and my verbal IQ is, you know, high average or low superior. So it, mm -hmm. it's good, but it, it's not the way those two come together. There's other people out there who can explain that a lot better than I, but that's kind of what creates the, the NLD. And it's not, you know, when there's that discrepancy, I think in my case, it's 26 points. Um, it's really hard to, to perform. So even if, even if my performance IQ is a hundred, that doesn't mean that I perform, you know, at the mean, that doesn't mean my performance is at the mean of others who don't have a discrepancy between the verbal IQ and the, and the performance IQ. So anyway, that's, that's what I feel like I struggle with is the, you know, the, the performance and integrating information, utilizing information, replicating finding information and, and, and kind of um, uh, being able to do that again uh, a week later or two weeks later if I, if I didn't just do it an hour ago or, you know, the day before. So hence why I think a lot of us, why myself try, I, why I try to gravitate towards repetition and jobs that kind of do similar things over and over and over again, because I just never quite know, and I'm sure I'm going way beyond the scope of your question, but I never quite know when something like novel is gonna come up or if it's something that maybe a boss is gonna be like, well, we showed you how to do that three weeks ago. And we showed you again, six weeks ago. And I'm like, well, if you didn't show me yesterday or if I didn't do it this morning, we might as well start over again, <laughs> you know? So that's why, you know, I gravitate or I think it would be, I try to gravitate as much as possible towards um, consistency and uh, routine and away from uh, novel, novelty. Yeah, I would agree with you that too, because I, you know, if I look back over what I do now and I compare to what I was doing with my previous jobs with the ASD jobs, and I compare the two, I would say that I have more repetition now than I did before. And that makes it easier on myself. Mm -hmm. So I can relate to what you're seeing about the repetition. Mm -hmm. And I th think that that probably has to do with, you know, I think this is one of the similarities with autistic people where we like routines and if there's a you know change in it it could be just a slight change it can sometimes mess us up and um you know i remember when i was trying to adjust from an online school to a i guess i could say a regular school for people um, I, it, it was a big change for me because I was used to it just being me and my brother for school. And now I'm having to think, okay, there's going to be possibly 20 people in class with me or 500 or, you know, you know, more people with me. And I'm going to have to be competing with them for help. And, um, you know, there were, 
the first two years of college where I didn't have any accommodations because I didn't uh, I didn't uh, have the diagnosis for NLD yet. Mm. Um, and then, you know, the second, the uh, latter years I did. And um, as you know, from the podcast and other people will know that made a huge difference with being able to do school made a lot easier. I'm wondering um, if it also helped, like for me, I'll be, and I I think we're going to get to this, but I'll be starting a new job shortly. Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to disclose sooner rather than later. Um, And I know there's (laughs) debate on that too, but I'm thinking the accommodations that you just described and how maybe the second two years in many respects were easier or better than the first couple of years of college because you had those accommodations. I'm wondering if it also um, helped with other things like anxiety. Like, so I also struggle with anxiety and I know the two play together and Mm -hmm. it's, um, you know, because I know I'm going to have to get up and running quickly, for example, in a job, I keep going to to jobs, (laughs) but it's just been the struggle of my life, or I'm going to have to, you know, perform in a certain area. Uh, If I can treat the, you know, anxiety that, that, uh, that really helps. So it's that the two are always go hand in hand. And I think the extent to which I can have maybe accommodations or build in more structure and support is the extent to which, um, you know, I'll have hopefully less of that um, anxiety that so often goes with um, NBLD. Yes, I would agree with you. Anxiety does go hand in hand with NLD because I do remember when I, you know, the time before I had accommodations and the time after, I would have, I was able to take um, my tests in a room by myself usually with with no distractions. And that helped because I was able to just focus on what I was doing. And so, you know, if, because I felt like I had test anxiety. So, it, and I had more time to do the test. I was given more time. And so, you know, I feel like, you know, with jobs, maybe, um, you know, if they know about NLD and they can try to understand some aspects of it and how it relates to the job world, then they can help you out with, um, you know, like, but when you were saying with the, with the repeating with the um, instructions earlier, you know, I, I feel like I have that too a little bit when my mom is, or my dad are, is trying to describe something to me. And sometimes um, I, I find myself, you know, taking notes while they're saying something. And I don't know if you've tried this before, but I was thinking, you know, if they would let you at work, you could try to record what they're saying. Um, yeah, yeah, and that might help because then you could listen to it later on. I'm going to ask them that. I think depending on the content, it's a great idea. Um, there's different laws on that, yeah. but obviously, in inside a company, um, you know, 
is probably has different regulations than certainly if you're recording you know, a client call or something like that. But um, which I would also wouldn't be a bad thing because then I could go back and be like, I need to listen to that call again mm -hmm. and really understand what the client was telling me. But yeah, no, that's that's a great idea. Um, and I'm finding yes, whenever I can record things, I certainly do. Yeah. Or I'll ask. Uh, Jennifer, how do I find this recording again? I mean, you're, in this case, I know how, but uh, right. how, how can I see this again? Because sometimes I just need to go through go through things a second time. And I don't, I don't tell people I might have to go through it 13 times, but uh, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but um, you know, just knowing how to find, uh, yeah, because we're so verbal, I'm so exactly. verbal to be able to hear it a second or third time is, is like gold. Right. And I agree with you with that because I know when two of the accommodations I had in school were recording lectures and having audio of textbooks. And so those really helped because those used my verbal skills and my audio memory skills and made it easier for me to remember things. And I could go back to the lectures and listen to them when I was wanting to study for tests. And if I, you know, maybe missed something, I could go back and listen to it. Um, and also it helped because in the, in the programs I was using, I could also type alongside the visual pieces so I could, you know, create more uh, detailed notes along with the audio piece. So that did help with that. Um, so there are many resources out there that uh, I think some people don't know about and that, that that's okay because you know some I'm not blaming that they don't know about it that, about it because sometimes it's hard to you know figure out what is available for NLD because you know it's just it's hard for people to know what it is, even psychologists. Right. And that's why it's not on the DSM anymore. <laughs> um, what DSM was it on? I'm just curious. I think it was on the DSM-5. I, I do want to do an episode on that because I'm curious huh. about it myself. Well, that's and, the one that's, isn't that the one that's going to come out, the DSM-5? Do you mean DSM-3 maybe? Because I think the DSM-4 is out now, if I'm not mistaken. I didn't think 5 was out yet, but I could that's a good. That's a good point. It was probably on one of the previous ones, okay. but it was on the DSM previously. Yeah. Interesting. And I think the reason it was taken off is because if I am understanding this correctly and the little bit of research I did was that scientists couldn't agree on even what to call it. You know, there's NLD, there's NVLD and, <laughs> and it's like, they're basically the same acronym <laughs> well and then there's the whole debate which i alluded to earlier well let's just call them asperger's or right. autism level one like close enough kind of thing it's like well yeah. i'm not quite sure that's the case i almost wonder we might be getting off topic but i almost wonder if when the dsm-5 comes out or whatever the next one is if they're if they are going to lump in um nld nbld with under um autism level one, because I happen to know at least two others uh, like me who were initially mm -hmm. diagnosed with NLD 
and relate more to the NLD, you know, um, features, <laughs> we'll say, um, than the, the autism level one ones, but have also been with, um, with uh, being on the spectrum. So who knows? Right. I would agree with you with that because I, you know, my, I would, I would say my perspective with it being on the spectrum is, um, I guess you could say a little bit more educated than some people because I worked with individuals on the spectrum. So I know a little bit about that. Um, but I think it might be on the spectrum and it probably, if it was, it would be, it probably would be underneath Asperger's because it's a little bit, um, how do I want to say this? It's a little bit different than Asperger's and autism, but it's, I think also NLD has a spectrum in its own because right. everybody can, there's the list of symptoms and we haven't even talked about all of them, but everybody can experience them to a different degree. Sure. You know, with the visual spatial for me, I have a hard time with the driving too, where I got, I tried to get my license first when I was 17 and a half and I didn't have enough practice to get the license. I had my permit, but I couldn't get the license because I didn't have enough practice. Um, and then I did eventually get it when I was 22. And now that I carpool with my parents to work to you know save money, I feel like I'm losing the skill of driving because I don't drive anymore. And when I do try to practice driving in my own car, just in parking lots that are empty because I don't, you know, it's easier to practice that way. Um, and when I try to go park the car, th that's the hardest thing for me to do. <laughs> um, I just feel like I'm starting all over again because I have to, you know, do it so many times to get it right. Yeah, and I think especially for us, more so than maybe uh, an NT, a neurotypical, uh, we have to practice. <laughs> practice does yeah. not make perfect, but practice um, does help and uh, keeping it fresh, like I was alluding to earlier. Yeah, if I'm not doing, I mean, maybe riding a bike, um, you kind of say that, like, it's like riding a bike. You just, once you know it, you always know it. But I agree, like um, driving and, and most the vast majority of things, probably more so than the average person. Um, I've got to keep doing it and keep practicing to stay fresh. Yeah, I would agree with you with that too. And, you know, because fine motor skills is a challenge with people with NLD, you know, with the riding with the bike too, I learned that later also. And, you know, I feel like because I, if, like you were saying, if you, we don't do it repetitively, we, we turn to, we tend to struggle more with it. And I would say, you know, if it was, you know, one of the sports I do more frequently is skiing. And usually if I go back to that, 
after break because it's a winter sport. And I find myself realizing, oh, it seems like I never stopped. Mm-hmm. And that feels, that makes me feel good because my, when my mom found out that I was diagnosed with NLD, after that happened, she was like, she, she was impressed with how good I am with skiing because of the fine motor skills aspect. She was like, okay, this is really a, you know, a good accomplishment for her because she, it's just, it's harder for her than it is for her brother because he's a neurotypical and I'm not. (laughs) Um, I get it. As I wrap up, there are some things I would like to share with you. I do have a website for this podcast. It is called livingwithnld.com. I also have a Facebook and Instagram page for this podcast. It is called Living With NLD. I will include the links for those in the description. In conclusion, I would like to hear from my audience. If you know individuals with NLD that I could interview for this podcast, please email me at livingwithnld at gmail.com. What are you interested in learning about NLD? I know I'm not an expert, but I do know I have the living experience of having it. I would like you to practice journaling about your gifts and differences. Also see if there is a way that you can make that difference become easier for you to do than it originally was. Thank you for listening today, and please go to my YouTube channel and subscribe to it. Thank you. Bye.